This is one of the best summers I've ever had. If you are waiting on my downfall, like close your eyes and block up your ears because I hate this for you. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, y'all. So this episode is going to be a two parter. So next episode will come out not in two weeks, but next week. So stay tuned. My name is Patrice, mental health therapist in training, and welcome to the podcast. You're in the right place if you're looking for a little raw honesty from someone who knows just a little something, but is forever humbled by the reality of still trying to figure it all out. Stay a while as I discuss, emphasis on curse, all things concerning navigating renewed and updated faith, healing trauma, and reconciling the randomness of life. Now, I can't guarantee that you're going to laugh, but as for me, I'm going to give it a little chuckle to get through the tough shit. At the end of the day, we are all trying to get good at life. Let's get to it. I've been going to all these cool places in Brooklyn that I Many of them I didn't even know existed before the summer. So I moved back to Brooklyn um, in the height of the pandemic in, uh, what was that, 2020? Yeah, 2020. And I was working, I mean, so one was 2020, okay. And then I was um, working remotely and I was in school remotely and I was in my internship remotely for most of for all of that time through till 2021 and then I started traveling back to Maryland once a week hybrid um until I was traveling for a couple of days like one to two days a week um hybrid uh maybe at the end of 2021 until the beginning of 2022 and then I graduated. I even though I came back to Brooklyn, like that 2021, I was still seeing uh, clients through that summer. I didn't leave my house. Okay, I was inside. You know when Patrick and SpongeBob was beefing, and I think it was Patrick. One or two of them was like just looking outside their house, looking down at the other one having fun. And the other one was inside, salty. That was me. I didn't leave my house that summer when people just started going back outside. I was not outside at all. Because I was taking like three summer classes, seeing like a full load of clients at that time was like 10, right? Um, and then I was also working part time. So I was not outside. Um, and then I went right back into classes. I had like a couple weeks of a break, if that. And then I went back right back into class. Um, why am I saying this? I didn't spend no time in Brooklyn. You know, I didn't know Brooklyn and all the changes that were happening. So I've been to this place. Um, this is actually the second time I'm gonna be talking about this place now that I should probably cool off for going to. Um, if anybody owns this establishment who's listening there, sorry, but I've been to Lover's Rock <laughs> more times than I need to have gone there at this point. Um, because I'm always leaving with 
contact information for somebody's uncle who ends up being just a little bit too obsessed with me trying to get at this young cat and being just a little unkosher like i don't know the scene there is real crazy the men are always a little too old especially in the back of the spot a little too old and most of the girls are always a little too young because let me tell y'all men don't know i don't know what's going on because let me just let me just let me say something i don't participate in the generation wars with the younger kids anyway all you uh gen x and boomers could get it i'm sorry i don't care and some of you older millennials too y'all be on the wrong side of history sometimes but let me talk about some of them new gen zers if you are here our parents did the video lights you know you get in front of it and you do your little you pat your poom poom and you you know you know what's good you're going into the into the vhs tape for the night that's a different kind of scene. I don't know what you, I don't know what you kids are doing with this. First of all, being on live in a party is crazy. But if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Do that with your friends. But this thing where you see people that you don't know minding their business and you come over with, I don't know if you on live when you're doing it, or you just recording the video for for TikTok later. But let me tell you something. When you see Auntie in the corner twerking that eye on uncle Leroy mind your business okay mind your business there is no reason why I should be you know skinning out my pum pum in the corner and then to my right like the second coming of Jesus comes this big light which it takes me like two seconds to realize it's not flash photography. It's a whole video being recorded of you coming to catch me with you. Hey, 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 don't hype me up. Don't hype me up. I didn't need you to hype me up. I've been, I've been doing this. I does this. Mind your business. Go back and dance with your friends. But I did not remember getting a consent form for you to put me on your live. I am a grown woman. I work in places where children have social media. Don't catch me lacking like that. That is crazy. And Lover's Rock has been that place. Uh, Shantae will be listening to this. And I want her to know that I hate her. Because she's the reason why I was in that place. Getting caught like this. Okay? And the man I was with was strong. He was very strong. This is something. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what what possessed him to do this. And he was very proud of himself in the moment. Yes, he should have been sure. But at some point, at this particular night that I'm talking about, and I won't give any details because I'm, you know, I'm I'm loose. But come on, the man. There's like this, they're standing on top of the benches in the back. The man picks me up by like the sides of my arms because he wants me to stand up or sit on him or something like that. I don't know what, I don't remember. It's hazy. And I was like, no, no. And he picks me, like he fully picks me up. I'm not ashamed of my size. 
I've I've lost 50 pounds um, in the past several months um, to get my health together. And uh, very proud of myself. Ooh, clap, clap, clap. However, I'm still about 205 pounds. And I, I don't look light, right? Like I'm heavier than people think I am. But when my feet left the floor, I was scared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I wasn't like, he didn't have a good, he didn't have good leverage to grip me. He just latched onto the two sides of my arms and I left the floor. I was levitating. I could not pro like, I was just processing that like, wow, I told him not to pick me up. But then like, when he was like, yeah, you didn't think I could pick you up, right? I was like, no, yeah, because how did you get me off the floor? And I was just like, yeah. Hey, yo, it's time for us to leave. I'm noting that for later, but we gotta go. Needless to say, I still had to end up blocking him. I, I should have known. I did know that I that he was doing too much. But between the video light appearance, I I I turned my head to like the wall. Luckily, I was I was standing by the wall when I was doing all the booty jiggling. I turned my head to the wall so that you know, if anything, all people would be able to see on this video was like the side of my head, the back of my head, and my like my little bun. Um and the 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 jumper I was wearing, the romper I was wearing, so I'm not wearing that anytime soon. But kids, stop recording people. What were you doing? <sighs> Going back to the point. So I've been a lot of places in Brooklyn that I didn't know existed before this summer. So the the Tompkins Avenue on Sundays, <laughs> oh excuse me. Come on, bougie blacks. Bedvine is a nice spot. It'd be cool in there. Little little sangria cups. What? Jars of rose. Y'all are doing it in there. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was the weekend my cousin was up here for Pride. And she just, you know, when people just, when people don't have kids. Well, when people have kids and they don't have them with them, my God, they can party. Oh my God. Demon time. Um, I went to this quote unquote dyke bar called The Bush. Really nice time. At first we were like in there, um, the people that I was with, um, and it was like, wow, there's a lot of white folks. I mean, they're cool and all, um, but there's a lot of white folks. And then um, as we were like, ah, we should probably go to another spot soon. Then all the, then all the black folks, all, all the niggas started showing up like real late. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's what's going on. One thing I learned that weekend was, you get yourself around around some femme gays, some lesbians, just just some some queer non-men. They're real generous people, okay? I yeah, duh. Right? Like duh. But when I tell you I had so much like chivalrous liquor that weekend wow <laughs> you want some free shots hell yeah i do what's in this jack honey absolutely bitch 
Um, speaking of bitch, I've been to uh, Bitches Brew, which is a comedy show that happens um, weekly, um, which was, you know, we've been the writer's strike for a very long time. It predated the, uh, the actors going on strike. So there were a lot of, you know, both of those crowds actually in the spot at that at that point that I went with a friend of mine um Brooklyn Wine Fest happened it was a really nice time I thought it was just going to be some kind of like a bunch of like stuffy vendors inside of a, a indoor venue I don't know what I expected but it was really nice at the Navy Yard um I was introduced to this South African wine I don't remember the name of the wine oh no it's called Her yes it's called Her um South African woman owned black woman owned wine um very very nice um I finally went to Smorgasburg um and I ate from a food truck from uh everything oxtail yo if you know me you know something I love oxtail I had oxtail empanadas um I had oxtail empanadas and so at uh everything oxtail I had oxtail empanadas and I had oxtail nachos and the nachos were made from plants and chips very cool concept so yeah hibiscus brew really really nice uh, I also love sorrow love sorrow love hibiscus very nice uh balance of ginger in the sorrow i'm not drinking your sorrow if your sorrow don't have ginger i'm very sorry i don't understand it they were very easy on the ginger because you know you got to make it palatable for the folks but i personally love sorrow that bun up your chest with ginger that is my preference but their sorrow was very very good and then i had a sample of the smoothie based one that was kind of icy and it was actually really good i didn't know how that would land but it tasted pretty good next time i go back there i will have um like a full one of it the restaurant is so pretty i love pink um <clears throat> the restaurant is very beautiful and everyone in there is very very um friendly and the customer service is top tier um i went to look cinemas to see the barbie movie i didn't know we had like more dining theaters besides uh the alamo and it's 21 plus that is my jam okay i lived in baltimore i would go to a 21 plus theater especially to see a movie that like kids might want to see so that i wouldn't have to compete with the kids to see the movie <laughs> yeah um what else oh i saw jasmine sullivan and ari lennox oh, at the prudential center sensational so of course me talking about the time of my life has to start with i moved on from a job that was getting on my last damn nerves because of course um and when I was telling people about, you know, moving on from this situation, my immediate response was because they had me messed up. And that that really is the long and the short of it. Like the person that I was working under was actively gaslighting me. And because y'all use that term so loosely because it sounds sinister, I was hesitant to call it that. But it really, really was that. You know what I'm saying? Like one moment it was like I was being built up and then the next moment I was being torn down. So to make the the, the long story shorter, 
because there's no short stories here as as y'all know if you've been listening for any amount of time um I literally broke down in tears um because I knew that I was behind on so much paperwork and I went through all the things that I knew that I was backed up on and um you know what I had asked for that day was just space to not see my clients just take the rest of the day to have mental space because I was sitting there doing uh preparing to see them preparing my you know session plan for the day and then catching up on some other work and I was crying the whole like the whole time I was literally in bouts of tears on and off throughout the morning I had this phone conversation um she you know she wanted to call and talk to me I had this phone conversation and then She's like, well, is it personal? Is it is it just, you know, we had a, a really good relationship up until this point. You know, I kind of just gave that overview or whatever. And I was just like, I, so I just really need a break in this moment. Like, I just need, I just need a moment. I, it's just all coming to a head in this moment. So, you know, she says, that's cool, whatever, cool, cool, cool. Oh, you're not behind. Like, can you just trust me? Like, you're doing fine. You're doing great. Da, 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 da. This in the third, two to three days later, I start to get emails that she sends with my director copied on them and I do mean like a fire hose worth of email well maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration but just a stream of emails of a bunch of reports and things uh and other other tasks that I am behind on due date wise some that she told me not to worry about prior to this conversation and others that we're supposed to work on together all kinds of things that basically she tells me that I'm being told that I am behind on and and like you know I need to have a plan for getting them to getting them for getting them done um and as a result this is a job that I don't have to be in the office um more than once a week because the other days I go to people's homes um I am I now have to come into the office three days in person in addition to having to go to people's homes and in addition to having a full week of like virtual trainings um, that the trainings will now be done in the office but I have to be in the office those three days to overlap with days that she's going to be there so that we can figure out how to get me caught up. And I was blown completely blown there was no like you know follow-up to the conversation that we had there was no you know I just gotta send these out just to send them out like with with her copied so I you know I was like okay I know what this is I've, I've been in the world of work for a long time I know what this is cool I'm gonna get myself together like <laughs> we will never be vulnerable again and this is why I struggle with vulnerability because a lot of the times when I do that with people, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable that I'm not vulnerable with them. They get me to a point where I can be vulnerable. They're like, oh, this is the weakness. And then they, I don't know, this is just my, this is my thing. Look at, listen, therapists have issues too. Um, so uh, I'm like, cool, so this is, this is, this is great. The, the three days she tells me to be in the office, I, I see her none of those days. I think one day, the Friday, we overlap for a couple hours. Um, and she asked me, like, you know, what day, like, how long I plan to stay in the office. Oh, what time I'm to leave? And I, and, and I was like, I, I mean, I plan to be here whatever time the office closed. 
And she was like, oh no, Patrice, I would never expect you to do that. Oh my God, like it's Friday, it's nice outside. Like just go home, like, oh my goodness. I'm looking at her and I'm like, this is like, this is the face of a crazy person. Like there's nothing, (laughs) there's not a better way. This is the face of a crazy person and I'm uncomfortable. So the first day that I did, the first day I did see her, actually I did overlap with her the Wednesday, the first day. Um, She had this whole thing. She was like, like, is everything okay? Because you know, like it just feels uncomfortable and I don't like uncomfortableness. No shorty, like nothing is wrong. Like we just not cool. Like we just, this is nothing. It's just business, baby. Like there's nothing to talk about, nothing to kiki about. Like I'm just here to get my work done, give it to you and dip up out of here. So when I said that we didn't overlap, it was like, she came in, we had the meetings we usually have. And I basically saw her for a little bit of time because I had to dip out because I had clients, but she left before me. Like there was no reason for us to be there. We didn't go over anything together. There was no special meetings, nothing. There was no, okay, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. She was the one who was uncomfortable because she couldn't have that same email energy with me in person. It all went to shit from there. So sometimes she would try to be chummy, and I, so I kept my, sh- I kept my shit together. Like I basically just, I, I started to work like twelve to sixteen hour days, catching up on everything because I could not rely on this person. All of a sudden now she's sick. She claimed that my calendar was supposed to be shared with not just the supervisor from the other team, but everybody else on the other team that I never interact with. But I woke up the next morning already saying that I was going to quit. So I quit. <laughs> I, I quit. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've moved on from that job. By the point that I, by the time I left the job and I had a conversation with my director, I had caught up on everything that I was behind on mostly by myself. And there were some audits done on my files and 75% of the things that were missing, my supervisor was actually responsible for. So let me just put that out there. Okay. Um, I had space (laughs) to really think about what I want and how I want to live and how I want to show up in spaces that I earn money. Um, How I want to have to be required to show up in those spaces, right? When I have to provide labor in exchange for money. Um... A lot of soul searching has happened. A lot of, um, yeah, just really, really thinking hard about not trying to opt for the thing that feels safe for security. Because that was a big thing for me. Like, I want to be stable. I want to be able to pay my bills. I want to be able, you know, just to have the the steady flow. And in, in doing that, I ended up in two really really terrible work situations um that I couldn't enjoy the stability that they provided me and was it even stability like my mental was not fucking stable let's start there one of the things that I really had to return to was that it was insanely important for me to have some semblance semblance of control over my day-to-day when I say insanely important I'm not using that in a loose sense like doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result why was i taking these fucking jobs where shit was out of control and i knew that these people would pull shit like this with me 
So I knew that whatever was going to be next, my biggest question was going to be, how much control do I have over myself as an autonomous being? Because under capitalism, autonomy is ha ha ha, like who? And I was willing to sell feet pics. Not that there's anything wrong with selling feet pics. So this is not me saying that in a degrading sense. I was willing to do whatever the fuck it took to not be in a situation where I was going to not be an autonomous being. Whether that was making less money, not that I was making that much money anyway, but what whatever it was, changing fields. If, I, if I'm never a therapist again in this life, so help me God, I do not give a fuck. If I never, and I mean, that job was barely therapy, so let's start there. But if I never do anything clinically oriented in my life, it will be fucking worth it. And I do not give a fuck. I cannot be my best self. I can't be my best self for somebody else to sit there and tell me about how they need support therapeutically with their life. If I have, the, if the day before I spent 16 hours doing work for somebody else. Absolutely not. So one of the things that I did um, almost, not immediately after, but pretty soon after leaving that job was dive into if I never have like W-2 employment again and I have to venture out and do something completely different or I'm never a therapist again, what would I do? Um, I want to do something like that inspires me or like, you know, like lights my fire. So I picked up The Artist Way. I got the book and then it sat for a little bit and then I posted on Instagram in my stories like, um, and a couple of friends were like, oh, wow, like, I'm, I, I've been, I need to read that book. So I got some people together locally who I knew were like either creative in some specific way um, or were writers specifically and was like, yo, like, you want to get something together and like read this with me over a couple of weeks? Like, I got some bitches who who do stuff so and like let's do this and shout out to people who like really frequent me and just think that I am a trustworthy person so the book thus far has really opened my eyes to a lot of things so I I mean what I consider myself an artist and eh, there's some things um and a creative it, it's so interesting I mean, that's one of the things that she says, like, everybody is an artist. Everybody's creative in some kind of way. And that's true. Like, I've I've played music as a kid. I, I do sing a little bit. Um, and I, I used to do, like, a lot of creative writing as a kid. Um, and, but now I think that I'm creative in, like, more structured ways. Like, I... I see even this like the author might like wag a finger at me I think I have more visionary creative skills right like I've done a lot of things with organizations um and see before I wouldn't even say visionary I would say like I'm the I'm in a support role but like I have like an imagination for organizations right 
like I if you gave me if you if I wanted to make it a metaphor you give me a paintbrush and I can like and in and, and and an easel or whatever I can paint out like someone's you know vision or I can create a vision for what um someone's like social enterprise or social you know thing can look like not social thing I've done a lot of work in nonprofits, so you know what I mean? Like social good can can look like operationalized or even just a paintbrush for what someone's life can look like if it's if bettered. Um, so that's a way that I think of myself as creative. Um, and that I think has its own lane of artistry, if you think of it in that sense. Um, but then also even doing things like this is creative. And I started also like posting a lot of things on Instagram. I'm not necessarily looking to be an influencer or even looking to be, you know what I mean? Like a content creator. I, I'm calling myself that like on a business card just for networking purposes, just to like have a thing tangibly. But like, I'm not pressed to like make money off it or anything. But I think I've been having fun with the process because it feels like a nice way to market myself as a person or just to put myself out there as a person and that's something that I've been doing prior to even moving on from this role um that's also related to things that were going on in my life personally where I felt like I had spent a lot of time kind of like mm, hiding you know when I graduated from my program my uh, counseling program I felt like I was doing the safe thing. I was doing the, you know, okay, now, like I was thinking of stability as some like boring, like not boring shit, but just some like, oh, everyday shit. Like you you come back, you come, you you, you eat your dinner, you sit down, you take your shower, you go to bed, you start all over again. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it, it was given monotony. And as a, as a result, I don't think I was living to like my fullest potential and like innovative. So I think of like creation and creative and artist as innovation, not just the act of like putting something on a page. I mean, the act of putting something on a page is innovation, right? Like it, it might not have ever been created before, or if it was created before you put your own spin on it and that in and of itself is innovation. Um, I also have an Aquarius midheaven for those who know what that means. Um, (laughs) so yeah, so I think reading the book has put like, has validated that in a way for me that hasn't been validated before, or I don't even know if that's what the author was thinking about when she wrote the book, but it, it did that for me. It's doing that for me. Um, so I really like that. And that's been, um, a fun journey. Um, through the steps of through the the tool of morning pages like getting up every morning and just getting your thoughts on the page I I don't know that again like if this is how she intended it but I've been getting so many ideas from the morning pages like when I first started it that I've just been scribbling out um, so many things that if you know doing this traditional route of working for somebody else doesn't work for me I'm building blocks for having a legacy outside of somebody else's job, which is, I guess, always been the plan. But I think I've been so stuck and blocked and thinking about the safe thing and the, um, the, the, the stable thing, rather, which is something that she talks about, that I had put that to the side because I couldn't think past 
that, you know, being somebody who is structured, being somebody who is operationalizing everything, I will jump from ideation to, well, how are you going to bring this to fruition so bad? Or how are you going to sustain this so quickly that it'll kill the idea before it's even really realized? slowing down and just thinking about the idea if you just if you had a million dollars to bring it forth if you had no nothing barring you from like really seeing it through what would it look like and obviously like that's it's a little cliche but I've never done it I've never been able to do that but when you get to a place where you're tired of limiting yourself to what's practical And when what's practical disappoints you time and time again, or literally abuses you, or literally like sucks the life out of you, you start to get that imagination the fuck back, right? And I I remember when I had a therapist last year, I was telling her that I don't, I don't relate to my imagination anymore. Like I don't have an imagination anymore. Like I used to use imagination as a kid to escape trauma. And I was like, that imagination and that even that function I don't have that anymore I can't the daydreaming that I do now is a little bit different and sometimes is it uses like a very negative function I won't get into that detail so getting back to that imagination in a more adaptive way right so we had our meeting, uh, the first meetup, and it was just so inspiring to talk to people who, you know, someone who is a, a performing artist and another person, a lot of people are writers, um, but from different and, you know, in different ways, some people who have full-time, had, have full-time jobs as, as, as writers and other people who have created different types of like artistic content um others just trying to find their way and really just focusing on how do I ground myself in this is possible it is okay to exercise this thing versus just focusing on well what's gonna get me stability or you know what I mean like just creating and then we'll figure out the rest later so that's where I am right now and that's why I'm doing what I do even though it looks like I'm just like I'm I'm not I don't care who sees it how or why I just want to do it thanks for listening y'all and remember to stay tuned for part two of this episode next week in the meantime you can sign up for the newsletter to get updates on podcast happenings at patpontificates.com see you there